Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, AKA your friendly neighborhood fangirl. This is the Fangirl Forum, which means anything worth fangirling about is totally acceptable to be talked about here on this podcast and something that I don't normally talk about on here, which is surprising because this has a huge fan base is the realm of music. There are so many different genres, fan groups, obsessions, lingo, the works, and it's not something that I distance myself too much from, but a lot of the popular music these days, like I'm just not the biggest fan of. That shouldn't be a deterrent to talk about music. Today, I'm gonna be talking about the realm that is Taylor Swift. I have a complicated road history journey with Taylor Swift. It's a lot to take in, and this is a lot to unpack this week in preparation for this podcast. I'm not alone to do this. Uh, joining me today is one of my best friends. She's a huge Taylor Swift fan. Give it up for Jasmine Carr. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here on your first music podcast. I and know. who else would we be talking about besides the queen, Taylor Swift? Oh, man. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like this is a good first music podcast this is definitely is because taylor swift has been around for so long like she has jumped into different genres she has a huge fan base that will like ride or die for her Mm -hmm. so and just recently she had a documentary come out that was a sundance selection so she is going after her egot in a different way She's definitely making the rounds in the news and with her latest album this past year, Lover. Yeah. So she's worth talking about. She is worth talking about. (laughs) She is my personal queen. I have loved Taylor Swift for so long and I'm so excited to talk about her with you. I think that this has been a place where we differ in our friendship a little bit. (laughs) Our taste in music that is we could not be more different, I think. And so I'm really excited to dive into this. I I am too. (laughs) And yeah, the reason the reason why we're doing this, listeners, is because just in our own friendship when it comes to Taylor Swift when it's when she is brought up whether it's a new song or or in the car listening to somebody's music not gonna say who Jasmine (laughs) Taylor Swift is brought up I am very quick to share my opinions on not being the biggest fan of some of her stuff Mm -hmm. which Jasmine lovingly (laughs) tells me I'm wrong um Because you are. Well, (laughs) we're going to find out today. Uh, This is just a fun conversation, guys. I am not here to bash Taylor Swift, put her down or anything. One, I'm just one person. I have no bearing in the music industry or the music world. My opinion doesn't hold much weight. This is just a fun conversation between friends about a pop star. If anything I say negative, it is not meant to be malicious or like tear Taylor down, Swifties, don't come for me. <laughs> don't come for her, but her Twitter is at Meredith Loftus. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me under the bus. It'll also be in the show notes, so. <laughs> uh, thanks for that, thanks for that. So, I used to really love Taylor Swift, and... Used to. Yeah, well... <laughs> I gotta say, with this week, uh, so what we did in preparation for this is we went through and listened to all of her albums, from Taylor Swift to Lover, and everything in between. 
I have listened to so much Taylor Swift. My head is a Taylor Swift jukebox yeah. at this point. Five minutes later, it's a different song. And I'm like, oh my gosh, when will this end? Some of them aren't bad songs that are in my head. New songs yeah. that have never been in my head. Others are like, okay, can we just like hit shuffle on this, you know? So... I'm actually really excited because I feel like this is gonna affect your Spotify end of the year. What is that called? Year in review or yes, something it like is. that? Taylor Swift is gonna be her number one artist for 2020. I have a lot of making up to do <laughs> yeah. in the meantime. So how we're gonna do this is we're gonna go album by album. We're gonna talk about the highs, the lows, yeah. where we were when we listened to this for the first time where we stand with it now and maybe learn some things along the way. Yeah. This feels like such a, <laughs> a buddy road trip, like yeah. soul searching thing, but mm. you know, I'm glad we're doing this together. I think you're going to be really surprised by some of the things I have to say. And so I'm really excited for us to dive in. I think you're going to be ex <laughs> surprised by some of the things I have to say too. Oh, I'm excited. All okay. right. Yeah. Start from the beginning. In 2006, one Taylor Swift debuted her self-titled album, Taylor Swift to the World. I remember where I was when I heard Taylor Swift for the first time. I was in my friend's bedroom. She introduced me to the song Tim McGraw mm. by Taylor Swift. And I gotta say my world was changed, you know? <laughs> because never before had a songwriter like got me of the cheesy notes, or it's not cheesy to me because like she's speaking to my soul. You fell in love with this guy over the summer. When you hear Tim McGraw, I hope you think of me. What pure teenage perfectness <laughs> that came from that. And so this is the album that I have the most fondness for, the most nostalgia over. I absolutely love this album. <laughs> where were you no, when you heard Taylor Swift gosh. for the first time? So, like, unlike you, I don't remember where I, f I first was when I heard Taylor Swift. And my first Taylor Swift song that I heard was not Tim McGraw. Mm. It was our song. And I'm pretty sure I saw the music video on MTV. I was mm -hmm. an MTV junkie back in 2006. We're talking The Hills. Yes. We're talking Laguna Beach reruns. And so I'm pretty sure I saw her music video on MTV. I don't know if it was in 2006 or 2007, but it was from the beginning. It's so funny to me that this album is the one that you have the most fond memories with because this is actually my least favorite out of, oh, man. All, of her, all of her albums. Although I do absolutely love it. There's some such solid, iconic songs on this mm -hmm. album. But yeah, it's definitely my least favorite out of her albums. Besides our song, what were some of your favorites that you found from it, if any? Because yeah. it is your least favorite, as yeah. you said. No, I, I definitely do have some favorites. I think our song stands out to me. It's just such a cute, fun song. And I think it's super relatable as a teenager about either where you want your life to be at <laughs> that time or mm -hmm. where you are. And that's why I love Taylor Swift in general, just because I feel like her music is so relatable mm -hmm. and this was really relatable to me at this time so our song has a special place in my heart mm -hmm. just because it's the first taylor swift song i ever heard and yeah i just love that song so much teardrops on my guitar obviously yes is 
one of the most iconic songs in Taylor Swift's entire work. We love a bold queen. She name drops Drew <laughs> in that song. And it's just such a beautiful song. It is. I'm, I'm curious, yeah, to hear what your thoughts on Teardrops on My Guitar is. So let me take you back to 2000. <laughs> Actually, it was 2007. I had a crush on a guy named Drew. So this oh. song was on repeats. <laughs> Oh, Taylor, you got me so well. If I go home and maybe I'll get some sleep tonight not thinking about Drew. Ooh. And he knows that I have a crush, or I used to have a crush on him, like back in high school. <laughs> one of those like Facebook things where you tag different people. The yeah. one I had a crush on. He was oh like, my God. Crush on me? I'm like, yeah. And I listened to Teardrops on my guitar the whole time. You are also a bold queen with the Facebook tag. So yeah, Teardrops on My Guitar is one of my all-time favorites. Um, Tim McGraw as well. Mm -hmm. And Stay Beautiful, which is another name drop mm. of Corey. Oh, it's such a great song. Yeah. When I listen to that, it just brings me back to middle school and high school. Yeah. And that's what I do enjoy about Taylor Swift is when I opened up this and the other two early albums of her, it did feel like I was opening up a time capsule mm. and I was right back to where I was mm -hmm. when I first heard this stuff and where I was as a teenager, yeah. you know, she is a storyteller speaking to the people at the time. Yes, for sure. I think another song that I love off this album is Tied Together with a Smile. Yes! <laughs> underrated, fantastic song! Yeah, it's super underrated, and I think it's so, again, just relatable to what every teenage girl goes through with insecurity not feeling like you're beautiful and the people around you telling you like you don't know how amazing you are mm -hmm. and so it really spoke to me as mm -hmm. a teenager and again as a 27 year old adult mm -hmm. it, I feel like it's still relevant today I love it so much yeah especially because you don't know what's going on underneath them too and mm -hmm. like you're tied together with a smile you're putting on this facade but you're hurting on the inside mm -hmm. And I think another song that I also love from that album that kind of speaks to just like those insecurities is Invisible, which is mm. off of the deluxe album. Yeah. I had to go back through and listen to the deluxe stuff yeah. because I was told I was missing key songs of Taylor Swift. We'll get okay. there. But that one I wasn't as like big on when I was younger because I was more into like picture to burn and mm -hmm. our song you know mm -hmm. i was also like an angsty teen of like you don't know what you're missing out on but i'm just invisible to you and why can't you see me yeah i i wrote down uh invisible as one of my underrated songs as well i love so it so much i think it's such a great song about just feeling obviously goes without saying feeling invisible mm -hmm. and i feel like we all feel that way at one point in our lives mm -hmm. and Again, Taylor Swift just preaching what everybody wants to say, mm -hmm. but they're just, I don't know, too afraid to, too afraid to be vulnerable. This album feels like her diary on in music, and yes. I, I love that in her, in artists. Another underrated song that I wanted to highlight real quick is Cold As You. There's breakup and then there's like devastation right. and like this was her, I think her devastation song of the album that I've never been anywhere as cold as you. That is the twist of the knife to somebody like you mm -hmm. suck. 
but also I'm still in pain too without picture to burn going out with all your best friends like the different way of dealing with the breakup that speaks to me <laughs> it's so interesting because i feel like taylor swift is such a feeler and that's something that i noticed in a lot of her work mm -hmm. there she's so multifaceted in one song she, i don't know if she's talking about the same guy but mm -hmm. she, it seems like one song she's like f you and the other song she's yeah. like oh my gosh come back to me i love you and i mm -hmm. and i think that that is just so real because i think we experience that too mm -hmm. in the in the game of love all right, should we close this chapter on <laughs> Baby Taylor? Yes, I also love Picture to Burn and should have said no. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. All right, with that, we're going to move on to 2008. Fearless, where were you in 2008? What grade were you in? Um, I was a junior in high school. I was super into pop music, of course. Mm -hmm. I was a huge fan of Taylor Swift. I was a huge fan of the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Anyone who knows me in high school knows uh, how much I love the Jonas Brothers. Mm -hmm. And people who know me today know how much I love the Jonas Brothers. This so. is true. This is fact. <laughs> Shout out to them, which the Jonas Brothers are actually really relevant in this album. Okay. But we'll get, we'll get to that. But yeah, that's where I was just... In high school, doing my thing, loving the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I did like the Jonas Brothers. They're not relevant to this story, mm -hmm. at least for my story with Taylor Swift. This was out, I think this was either the year before or the year after that Miley Cyrus came out with her first dual album. One is mm -hmm. Hannah Montana and yes. one is herself. Like, <laughs> I was so into that. So... Fearless, I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And another album that just spoke to the zeitgeist that was going on in my life right mm -hmm. now. My all-time favorite song from this album is 15. Okay. Yeah, one of my favorites as well. Uh, 15 was like, she performed it with Miley Cyrus at mm. an award show. And I remember watching it and being like, as soon as this song is available, I need it in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah. I was just ready for it because she was speaking to high school. She was speaking to like my friends and how I felt about high school and even some of the highs and lows of it. Mm -hmm. Heartbreaks my friends were going through and I was going through uh -huh. um, learning to grow up. I think Fearless is honestly her best country album out of oh, the three. Hands down. Like, hands down. This is the album that won her, her album of the year. And it's clear why. It's consistent across the oh board. Gosh, yeah. It has everything and it like fits together with like this great theme to it. Mm-hmm. I have nothing but accolades to say about Fearless, oh, honestly. Yes. This is high up for me. Oh, for sure. It's one of my favorites and I just think the artistry of this album is so great. I feel mm -hmm. like self-titled was so, it was great, but like mm -hmm. this Fearless just was on a whole nother level mm -hmm. when it came to just songwriting and artistry. I feel like Taylor Swift really just gained her confidence as an artist mm -hmm. from self-titled to Fearless. and. It's just one of the greatest, I feel like, greatest country albums of all time. I'm not a huge country fan in general, so I'm sure that's a bold statement. <laughs> but I just love this album so much, and I was just reminded about how much I love it this week when I was re-listening. So, 
What are your favorites off of the album? Well, I love 15 as well. I feel mm-hmm. like it perfectly encapsulates the high school experience. Mm-hmm. Again, wanting to be noticed, trying to find your way in a place that's scary. Like high school can be scary sometimes. Yes. And when you're 15 years old, you're not smart. No. Sorry to all the 15-year-olds who are listening, if you are out there. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but it's just such a... Teenage years are so confusing. So I feel like it's that mix of wanting to find yourself and who you are, but also trying to impress your peers. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that every high schooler goes through. And I think she nailed it on the head with 15 and it's just such a beautiful song yes it's like how did a teenager write this yeah (laughs) yeah i love 15 i love hey steven it's what are you serious yeah hey steven is what my top three i love hey steven i actually put it as uh, an underrated one just because another another song like just went over the spot but i love Hey Steven. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love Hey Steven as well. And again, she used the guy's real name. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Taylor, you are way bolder than I would mm-hmm. ever be. But it's just such a fun, cute song. And it's mm-hmm. written so well. And I think, Steven, if you're out there, you definitely should have made a move. Yeah. <laughs> For real. But I read something actually that he was writing songs about her too at the time. Oh, what so, could have been? So that's a rumor, but I like to believe it's true. I would subscribe to that, but oh, yeah. oh what could have been? Yes, they could be married right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my all time favorite song on this album is Breathe. Ooh. Yeah, I love that song so much. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so beautiful and yeah, I definitely know the feeling of loving someone so deeply, but mm-hmm. also like having to let them go mm-hmm. and go on and live their life. And so I just Taylor Swift meets me right where I'm at in all the feels. I just feel a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh she meets me with this song. I love Breathe. I think it's so beautiful and the Colby Calais feature mm-hmm. just 10 out of 10. Yes. That was a song that I wasn't as familiar with growing up, so hearing that for the first time through mm. this uh, re-listen, is that what we call this? Sure, it's a re-listen. <laughs> it was a real surprise for me, and I was like, oh my gosh, didn't know this had happened, which I love Kobe Kaye as well. Like she, Her debut album, which came out around that time, was also one I listened to a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was very surprised by that, um, but did not make my <laughs> my top or my underrated list, honestly. Wow, really? Yeah. So as a favorite, I'm human. You Belong With Me is, yes. to me, the definition of iconic on so many levels because not only is it a seminal song when it comes to Taylor Swift. Yeah. This was the song, the music video that started the feud heard around the world mm-hmm. at the MTV uh, Music Awards, or the no, it was the VMAs with Kanye West and Taylor because she won over single ladies. Yes. Like, this is what started everything or as yeah. far as like a lot of the drama in Taylor's life, yes. but like you cannot deny 
That song is so good. The song is so good. It's so fun. And it really is one of the best music videos of all time. Yeah. I remember Lucas Till in yes. that music video, fresh off the Hannah Montana movie. Mm-hmm. By the way, our friend Chandler, shout out Chandler, uh, was in a movie <laughs> with was in a movie with Lucas Till. What? Yeah. How did and, I not know this? Yeah, his zombie movie, and we oh, went. To, no yes, way. we went to the reunion, the ten year reunion, and uh-huh. I saw Lucas Till, and it was taking me all back to this. You belong with me, life. Oh <laughs> this, my gosh. This moment in life, and it definitely brought me back. Yeah, it did start a lot of the drama in Taylor Swift's life. I don't think. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, she didn't have any real, like, scandals before then, even though she was definitely not the one who was getting attacked in this, but she didn't really have any feuds, or Mm -hmm. she wasn't really attacked before this, and so I feel like this was, like, the defining moment in Taylor Swift drama world. (laughs) I, I have a lot to say, actually, about this album and how it relates to the Kanye drama. Actually, not this album, Speak Now. Ooh, yeah, because... Yeah, but we'll get into that. Another favorite that I just want to highlight is White Horse. Yes! Um, Stephen Coletti in the music video from Laguna Beach. Uh, So... (laughs) iconic wonderful like i was late to laguna beach but once oh i watched gosh. the music video i was like who is this guy yeah. and then that turned into laguna yeah. beach the hills yes. all of that i saw him at whole foods oh my gosh <laughs> i feel so la right now you are very la right but now I, yeah i definitely saw him at whole foods and i'll show you the picture later yes. it's <laughs> it's on my instagram i'm, so, I'm, I'm very excited for this guys yes. I did have Hey Steven on Underrated. I have The Best Day. I love that song so much. Okay. Any- not, not one of my faves, but I respect. <laughs> I think anytime Taylor Swift sings a song about age or her family mm. growing up, I think that's where she hits her stride for me. Yeah. I find that a lot more of those songs are the ones that impact me more than some of her more popular stuff or even a lot some of her love songs like those tend to hit me harder I guess Um, I gravitate towards them you're an indie girl so I could see that being true for you (laughs) this is true I think an underrated well not underrated it's actually very popular but Honorable mention, Fearless. I yes. love that song so much. That's on my underrated as well. Really? You think it's underrated? So I went through, after I listened to all of these songs, I went through to see, okay, what do people have to say about Taylor Swift songs? How do they rank it? Like, mm. what do Swifties think? I always believed Fearless was underrated. Turns out, no, it's not. It's yeah. arguably close to overrated yeah. where it is on the list normally. But it's such a great song. It like, is such a great song. And, you know, I struggled a little bit because when I was picking my favorite songs from each album, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm picking, like, all the singles. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just so good. And Fearless is, in my opinion, lyrically unmatchable. Mm-hmm. So... I love Fearless. I do have a contender for Fearless in the lyrics department and okay. similar theme, but we will find that in the next album. Okay. So I'm excited to talk about Speak Now, but <laughs> I also want to talk about Forever and Always. Which version? 
<laughs> the normal version. Okay. <laughs> so this album, I remember watching Ellen, mm -hmm. Taylor Swift on Ellen, because I loved her, so I watched all of her interviews. Mm -hmm. Ellen addressed Taylor Swift's relationship with Joe Jonas. Ooh. And she said, what song on this album is about Joe? And Taylor was like, it was a last minute addition, but forever and always. And so I was like, I need to go listen to this again. Mm -hmm. And this was, this song is so good, but it was the start of Taylor and Joe and the Jonas Brothers, their back and forth, mm -hmm. which is something that I'm excited to dive into a little bit more and, and speak now, but mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the start of their little feud, but... I didn't realize that was the start, so... Yes, that was the start! Dang. Yeah, and then, yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay, <laughs> I, I actually have as an honorable mention, Forever and Always, the piano version. Okay. I just got introduced to that one, I'm like, oh, I think I like this one more. Okay. And, alright, this is where I... This was me being a peak Taylor Swift fan. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift was on an episode of CSI. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, she dies in the episode. Yeah. But she's you see her throughout like different bad eras of her life. Anyways, they created a special remix for You're Not Sorry for the episode, and mm -hmm. I bought that the single of that. Yeah. Um, so that is an honorable mention. I do like You're Not Sorry on its own, but the CSI remix, mm -hmm. it, that was me liking her... I could see her in more of the pop realm with that song because it just worked really well. Yeah. And then when you find out she dies and that's playing, you're like, ooh, it's oh like my gosh. hits. It's, I it's actually good. don't know if I've heard that version. Am I a fake fan? <laughs> you are not a fake fan. So I went out on Facebook and Instagram and asked people to share what album that they became a fan of Taylor Swift. And I had two people, one of them being your friend Nikki, say that uh, shout out shout out to nikki <laughs> og fans they saw her open for rascal flats before her debut album yeah. like that is og status yeah, that like we are not worthy of that right and I, I mean it's very og when she told me that i was like well i can't even uh -huh. i can't even compete with that i can't i cannot match that but yeah all right, shall we move on to Speak Now? We shall. All right, Speak Now 2010. This was June. I was entering my senior year of high school, and this was kind of the turning point for me with Taylor, and I think the turning point for Taylor as well, because this album is, I consider it more of a country pop album. Really? Yes, there are definitely some... She's experimenting with different okay. sounds, like Haunted is very much like mm -hmm. her Evanescent yeah. uh, tribute song. There's still plenty of country on there, but I consider this her stepping into the waters of, I'm starting to transition my sound out of country. This is also the album that I was made aware that a huge majority of these songs were after different relationships. Mm. and. That's when I started to be like, mm, okay. Mm. They took on different meaning for me, but it didn't change the fact I really loved this album. 
I was actually surprised how many songs I remember word for word off of this album, but yeah. Yeah, you know, speaking now, I think that there's a lot of amazing songs on here that Mm -hmm. I love so much and I think is some of Taylor Swift's best work, but for some reason it's just not never on my mind. It's Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite. And I think it's just because I don't like the song Speak Now very much. Really? I don't like that song a lot. And Taylor, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor, if you're listening to this. Yeah, thanks for listening. That's all I got. Uh. Yeah, it's just not a favorite of mine, uh, Speak Now as a song. Mm -hmm. Speak Now as an album has a lot in there, but... I never consider this her transition album, but now that you say that, I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of goodies, some hits on this song, maybe some misses, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. I, I There are definitely a couple misses on here. I think the first half of the album is like a murderer's row of yeah. hit after hit, some of yeah. her best stuff. And then halfway through, it kind of tapers off, and then it ends really strong for me. Actually, my favorites off of the album are Sparks Fly, Mm. Back to December, and Never Grow Up. I think Sparks Fly is the comparison to Fearless and theme and sound. But something about Sparks Fly just takes it over the edge for me, I guess. I don't like Sparks Fly that much either. Oh my gosh! Speak Now and Sparks Fly are just too, for me, just not my favorite. I think that they're good. They're just, Mm -hmm. I just think Taylor's done better. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because those are two songs that are talked about a lot on Speak Now. Mm -hmm. And I am... yeah, I just don't see it. And I think that's maybe why Speak Now is just not always on my mind when I think about Taylor yeah, Swift. Fair enough. Back to December, I remember listening that to that on the radio so much. Oh, yeah. I was a little tainted when I found out it was about Taylor Lautner. Really? A little bit. But that was because I was in a interesting time in my life with Twilight. Because you were Team Edward, right? <laughs> Team Edward transitioning out of Twilight, liking it so much. I was back into Harry Potter, getting getting geared up for Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Part 2. Heck so yes. that, that became the priority. So back in December, amazing song. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then Never Grow Up. Again, I'm a sucker for talking about growing up and age and mm-hmm. another great song where she just captures so well what it means to grow up. You should really take stock of what's going on around you because your parents are getting older too. You're growing up and then you're going to eventually be out on your own, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. she has such like a melancholy with the song that it just, it's great. I love it. Yeah. She's a feeler. 100%. My favorite songs on the album, number one, Enchanted. Like, Ooh, that song yes. is everything. I do have that as my honorable mentions, yeah. but because, yes, it is very good. But I think we've all been in that place. Mm-hmm. I think about when she says the lyrics, please don't be in love with someone Ooh, else. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, please don't have someone else waiting on you. Mm-hmm. Wow. I feel like we've all been in that place where mm-hmm. we've been infatuated at first sight or been in love at first sight or Mm -hmm. a couple first meetings when you've been so infatuated with someone you're just like 
Jesus, please. Yes. Don't let him have a girlfriend, even though, you know, nine times out of ten they do. But yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I love that song so much. It's so beautiful. And of course, Wonderstruck perfume came out of this. Oh my gosh, that's a right. Great scent. I love that. I never got that. I did get Britney Spears' Fantasy. Oh, yes. That, yes. Was, that was a staple. Oh, Britney Spears' Fantasy is so I love it. Anyway, that's another story. Um, but I love also Story of Us. I think it's so fun. And mm-hmm. again, when you want to be with someone so bad, but it's just not working out and you mm-hmm. know that you need to move on, but it's so hard. And I think, again, I've been in that place. And so I really relate to that song, but it's also fun and you can jam out to it, mm-hmm. which I love. It's not super melancholy, even though I love her slow stuff. Mm-hmm. I love how she mixes it up with, okay, this is sad. This is a sad moment in my life, but I'm going to make it more upbeat Yeah. rather than just make all like emo, mm-hmm. sad music. I love that. I also love mine. I was jamming out to mine in the car mm-hmm. before I came inside here. <laughs> I just think it's really spunky. I think mm-hmm. it's a great album opener. I remember yes. first listening to Speak Now and hearing mine, and I was like, she came out with a bang, mm-hmm. but she tends to do that, so... Yeah, yeah. That that tends to be a trend, as we're gonna see even in some of these other albums. The jams that she starts off with, mm-hmm. some work well, some don't. We'll see. But yeah, this she definitely started off strong with mine. I actually put as an underrated ours because yes. I think that is the great companion to mine. Yes. It's less upbeat, but it's still got the same. Sp- bark to it yeah for sure i think she was very intentional opening the album with mine and closing with ours Mm -hmm. i definitely think that they are they go hand in hand and it's so they're both just really really amazing songs they really are (laughs) okay do we want to get into the whole joe jonas taylor swift yes Yes, we, I want to get into it because a problem I have with this album mm. is how it's laid out. Okay. Whereas I feel like Fearless was a more cohesive album. Okay. Speak Now felt like it was all over the place as far yeah. as like it wasn't placeful. Like, yeah. please don't put Better Than Revenge next to Innocence. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I was going to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's dive in. Yes. Better Than Revenge, let's just say it for what it is. It's very problematic. Yes. It was a jam back in the day. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that Taylor has recognized that. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019 to 2020 Taylor. I'd never think this song would fly in 2020. Mm-hmm. But in 2010, they were like, okay, yeah. <laughs> this works. But I really respect Taylor because she's come out and said that this is was really childish. Mm-hmm. And it, it was. It's a great song. I'm not going to lie. Like, yeah. just... The beat and lyrically, it is great, but it is very problematic. And I actually had a thought since she's re recording her masters, I'm like, Yes, is she gonna re record this? Because it's very po- problematic and she has apologized for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a question that I have in my mind. I feel like if she does re record it, I'm not going to judge her for that because. Mm-hmm. 
it still is a staple in speak now mm-hmm. but also i feel like i would gain mad respect if she didn't re-record it i have so many questions and concerns about her re-recording her masters okay. um a lot of it having to do with the fact that her first three albums are such a unique sound compared right. to where she is now right. and especially when you get to reputation i just can't see her coming back to re-record any of this and it kind of scares me like is it gonna sound the same right. like this was a different time for taylor is she gonna alter things mm. that have already happened whether that's better than revenge or changing lyrics here and there like she famously she changed lyrics for picture to burn yeah. um you can't find that original version yeah. anywhere else unless it's your old LimeWire or FrostWire <laughs> download. Shout you know? out LimeWire. <laughs> Shout out. So yeah, that's especially with like Better Than Revenge. Like, and yeah, how is she going to come back to that? I don't know. I don't have um, any concerns or worries about her re-recording her masters, but I feel like we'll get into that a little bit later. So, Better Than Revenge, this was her response to this Jonas Brothers song, Much Better. Mm -hmm. Have you heard it? I have heard it. I remember. (laughs) Yeah, so I remember the Jonas Brothers coming out with this song, and I was like, oh my gosh. They went there because... Mm -hmm. The Jonas Brothers were more, like, cookie-cutter than Taylor Swift was. I feel like Taylor Swift, not being a part of Disney, mm-hmm. had that freedom to kind of hit below the belt. But the Jonas mm-hmm. Brothers, I mean, it was still, like, a fun, upbeat, like, she's much better. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I just don't understand why Taylor chose to point this towards Camila Bell, mm-hmm. who was dating Joe Jonas at the time that much better came out. I don't know if she wrote, I don't know if they were still together when Speak Now came out. I can't, I can't recall. God, could you imagine if like Instagram was as big as it was today? Like what could have happened with like songs like this, like going on the Insta story and like throwing subtle shade. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I just, it's so funny. Okay. But let's talk about how, Better Than Revenge comes right before Innocent. Yeah. Who came up with this? Who thought this was a good idea? If you're selling a message with an album, you don't go from Better Than Revenge to being like, well, you're innocent. I'm innocent. We're innocent. But I think it's intentional. I really do. And I wanted to address something. I think Innocent is a very empathetic and compassionate song and it's beautiful but it's super interesting how it comes after better than revenge on the track listing and i think it kind of speaks to something that i've experienced in my own life i don't know Mm -hmm. if women experience this across the board but for me in my own life sometimes it's a lot easier for me to forgive the men in my life than it Mm. is the women in my life Mm -hmm. um and i think that just goes back to some stuff psychologically and then the way women are raised when we were raised 
yeah, it's it's super interesting how her song towards Kanye is super empathetic and compassionate and who you are is not what you did and mm-hmm. I understand that you're going through a hard time versus Camila Bell basically you are more famous on the mattress than you are Ugh. in the movies that you've made is just it's so interesting to me it is wild i still don't understand why they are next to each other like it i think it's intentional me. i 100% think it's intentional what the intention is behind it I'm not too sure, but I remember when I was re-listening to this, I had to stop and like really dive deep into my mind and think about it and do a deep dive internally. And Mm -hmm. it really, that intentionality kind of spoke to me a little bit. Yeah. And this is why I felt like this album was was a little over the place because you have these two songs next to each other that are very pointed songs to different people you have a song like dear john which apparently is high on everybody's list i like the song but i didn't think it's the best song i definitely don't i definitely don't think it's the best song on the album i think that she has much greater works not Mm -hmm. only in general but on this album even (laughs) even though it's problematic i like better than revenge better Mm -hmm. better than this song and i don't know i'm just I'm just super interested once she re-records her masters, whenever that'll be, if she re-records the song. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to speak for Taylor and say that it's easier for her to forgive men than it is women, but it's just something that I thought about. Yeah. It's interesting. Or definitely, like, it speaks to where she was at the time and yeah. how she viewed those relationships in her life. For sure. Male versus female and with feuds how she approaches forgiveness right in that yeah i do have one more thought on speak now okay which is one more underrated song that i love is long live okay i think that is such a great song and for the original cut of speak now that was the last song and i thought it was such a great way to end it and i gotta say Long live. This was the last of the Taylor curls. Mm. Like, after this album, they are gone. And I just want to say, hey, Taylor, I remember the curls. (laughs) I loved the curls. They're beautiful. They were so beautiful. I hope you don't look at them in disdain because they were great. Yeah. And I love Long Live, too. It's the first taylor swift song i ever saw performed alive so i feel oh like, wow yeah so i feel like it has a special place in my heart as well yeah i love long live as well i think it caps off the album really really well mm-hmm. where did you see taylor perform so the first time i ever saw taylor swift perform was i think it was on hollywood boulevard and she was doing just a free show, and I mm-hmm. went with one of my friends, and she performed a few songs from Speak Now and mm-hmm. then her earlier albums, and it was just so great. She was on the top of a bus, and it yeah. was just super cool. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's the way it to It was see wonderful. <laughs> All right. It's time. Let's go to 2012. 
It's time for red. And oh this is where, my gosh. <laughs> this is where for me the story changes. But I want to start with you because I know this album means a lot to you. It means the world to me. This album is my favorite Taylor Swift album, hands down. And I wore red today, even though you can't see me, <laughs> to represent. So that's why you wore it. <laughs> To represent this album, I love it so much. Again, because it just spoke to where I was at the time. And I was going through a really, really hard time when this album came out. I was coming out of a first battle with just depression. And this album, again, just spoke to right where I was at. I was dealing with just... <laughs> a boy at the time and a first kind of breakup what would become another breakup and it just like this album just really spoke to where I was at at the time mm -hmm. and I really related to what Taylor was saying with my own relationship and heartbreak and yeah I just freaking love this album so much <laughs> so 2012, I was in college. Mm -hmm. um, during this time, I was diving in more into indie singer-songwriter stuff. Okay. And in 2011, I discovered this incredible singer out of the UK. His name is Ed Sheeran. And love. <laughs> his debut album was incredible. I watched the music video to Lego House yes. on repeat. Rupert Grint. Rupert Grint. Oh my goodness. Like it rocked my world. And so I realized like this was the type of music I enjoyed. Yeah. And the first song to come out of Red was we are never ever getting back together. And I, I'm like, what is this trash? <laughs> Okay, no, What is this no, I can't agree with you on that. It's so, we are never ever getting back together. I'm speechless. <laughs> I love that song so much. And I definitely scream that song on the top of my lungs mm -hmm. too many times to count. It's just mm -hmm. so much fun. And it's one of Taylor's like big like F you songs to someone that she was dating I don't know who but it's just it really just revs you up to be like you know what I'm better than this I'm better than this relationship and guess what we are never ever getting back together like ever <laughs> <laughs> which the spoken parts of that song still irk me anyways so, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you were actually saying that right now. It red, is so okay. good. All right, let me, let me bring it back in for a second. So okay. Red, this is, uh, I would also consider this her, another transition album of hers. This yeah. is her pop country album yeah. as opposed to country pop. And this album, it wasn't cohesive. Like she no. was definitely experimenting with sounds yeah. and like trying to figure out what her pop sound would be. Clearly, she found some anthems that she enjoyed, but then there was just some stuff that just so the song "Stay, Stay, Stay." I think the music is great, it's so fun, but the lyrics are so shallow and vapid. And I'm like, I know Taylor can do better, but at the same time, with there being so many issues for me, I was floored 
hearing just this week or for the first time like really listening to it all too well is truly one of her best songs and I could not get over I'm like this is the Taylor I like I love all too well it's definitely one of my favorite songs on the album I think it's so beautifully descriptive and mm -hmm. you could play just from the lyrics alone you could place yourself right where she was mm -hmm. at the time i can picture this perfectly like a movie yes and it's just such a great song i love it so much and it's about jake gyllenhaal that's who it is about yeah oh gyllenhaal yeah. i wish i liked you more along with state of grace oh really yeah I have a coworker, hey Chelsea. I have a coworker <laughs> who she loves State of Grace. And so when I first heard the song, when I was diving into Red, I wasn't impressed by State of Grace. Yeah. As an opener, I'm like, I don't know. This yeah. this feels weird. But right. then I listened back to it again and definitely she's influenced by YouTube, going to Joshua Tree, here's mm -hmm. my anthem. Right. And so for that, I respect the song more than I did when I first heard it. Okay. I'm trying to give more, give her the benefit of the doubt with Red that she is experimenting. She's trying new things and she is making that transition to pop. Right. Where some things are gonna work and some just aren't. Right. So what else are your favorites on your favorite okay. album. Well, Red is hands down my favorite Taylor Swift song mm -hmm. in general. Again, I just, it spoke exactly to where I was at the time about two people who aren't meant to be, but just the passion is just so real and when it's good, it's good. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's not good. Mm -hmm. So you have to move on. And I have a great story to go along with yeah. this song. So. We'll get into Reputation later, but when I was at the Reputation tour at the mm -hmm. Rose Bowl, all for that tour, Taylor was picking one song that wasn't in the set list to mm -hmm. sing. And I was just praying to Jesus. I'm like, please sing Red, because I had never mm -hmm. heard her sing that live. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, you know, I was thinking for the song of the night, we're at the Rose Bowl. And roses are red, and I just start screaming like as loud as I possibly can. And I'm right next to my friend's sister, and she's like, "Are you okay?" Oh my god! And I'm like, I am unwell. <laughs> I am unwell, and that was just—I just felt it was a love gift from God to me because I just love this song so freaking much. I definitely quoted it on Facebook a lot to get certain people's attention. And I definitely had to go back and delete it because it's kind of embarrassing. Ooh. But I love Red anyway, and it's so good. All Too Well is on there. And I love Begin Again. I think it's Ooh. such a great way to end this album. After she talked about so much heartbreak on this album mm -hmm. just to end the album on a positive note and saying like i'm going to try again i'm not closing off my heart yeah i've actually fun fact <laughs> it's not gonna happen because i have another song but i've actually thought about walking down the aisle to this song. <laughs> um but i just i love it so much i couldn't agree more oh! i <laughs> I think 
that is one of her best enders to an album, period. Like, it is so good after, for me, what felt like just a roller coaster of stuff Mm -hmm. to end it so strong. And with that sincerity, it feels like just, okay, we are starting anew. And I feel like Taylor was starting anew. That was her saying, I am beginning again. Mm -hmm. I am starting a new chapter and here's where I'm at. Right. And so I actually have it as my on my underrated list, but I oh, could no. not ignore like how good of a song that is. Oh, it's um, so underrated, but it's one of my favorites and I was actually hoping, I know we'll get into 1989, but my hope before 1989 came out was that she would kind of make a part 2 to begin again oh. to open up 1989 mm. but not not like beginning in part two but yeah. like but something like similar in that vein to continue this song and like tell us where you're at after this but mm-hmm. i love welcome to new york but we'll talk about that <laughs> we will get into 1989 we will get in we're jumping ahead but yeah i yeah beginning is so underrated it's so good it's so good so I also have as an underrated song, which I found out people are not hot on this, but I personally enjoy it. It's The Last Time uh, okay. with Gary Lightbody, who's from yeah. Snow Patrol. Yes. Because I thought it was a Snow Patrol song at first. And I was like, this is so good. And I actually heard her song, uh, Two is Better Than One, with Boys Like Girls yes. just this evening again. I'm like, yeah, I loved it when she so did that stuff. Fun. So I really enjoyed the last time. Okay. I just think maybe their vocals weren't as well paired together, but I still like the song anyways. And it deserves, it deserves more love. <laughs> and then for my favorites, I can be basic. I love 22. <laughs> I knew we were going to say 22. I gave my best friend and person a 22-themed birthday party one year where oh we dressed God. up as hipsters, went to Waffle House at midnight. I did I did the full works. So I definitely <laughs> love that song. I will shamelessly sing to it. It's great. So good. I love 22. I feel like it's an anthem. Mm-hmm. It made me excited to turn 22. Right? It gave like 22 new meaning. Like, I have the song now. I know. It was so much fun. I remember mm-hmm. when I was 22, I had the shirts that said, I'm feeling 22. Yeah. Um, and I wore it often. I'm not even going to lie. I wore it often. <laughs> but it's such a great... I'm so surprised you like that song but you don't like we are never ever getting back and together. i also don't like i knew you were trouble because of the, <laughs> the like goat memes the goat memes i can't listen to that song and take it seriously anymore <laughs> after i saw the first goat video once that happened i'm like this is a parody of itself i don't need it i'm good but my third favorite song which comes with a story yeah it is everything has changed with a Yes. Here's my story of Taylor and Ed. So I was not a fan of Taylor Swift at the time. She's doing red. She's on tour. She was in Columbia, South Carolina, and on her way to Clemson, Ed Sheeran is on tour with her. Mm -hmm. He leaves for one day 
to go to Charleston, South Carolina to play at a music festival and he was headlining. I went and got to see him perform live and he did his entire first album. That was the Gosh. only highlight for me of this red period was I got to what? see Ed Sheeran perform his album, which there were like these teenagers near me who were like, who only knew A-Team and I'm like, get oh out gosh. of here, kid. This is my time. He's singing all the all the good stuff. I will be thankful for you, Taylor, for this friendship because I got to see Ed Sheeran perform my favorite album with my sister and my best friend at the time. So mm -hmm. it was worth it. And hearing their song together, like that is where they're paired very well together. That's early Ed Sheeran, how I love him with the loop pedal you hear playing in the back. Like, it's just, it's beautiful to me. Yeah, it's such a great song. Um, I do love it, and that is a great story. I never heard that before. Yeah, yeah I, I love Ed Sheeran. Maybe that's the next podcast. But uh, I love Ed Sheeran a lot. Yeah, I think... I knew you were in trouble. I relate to that song, so it has a special place in my heart, but I do sure. think it is a little bit overrated. Yeah. It's because it was so overplayed back in 2012. It really was. It like, was. that was the song I avoided when I yeah. when it pop up. I'd be like, next station. Yeah, it was all over Vine. <laughs> I remember that. Um, another song that I feel like is really underrated is I Almost Do. Oh. I love I Almost Do because, again, I feel like drink every time I say the word relatable <laughs> relatable like how many times do we almost go for something with a guy or mm -hmm. a girl you know what I'm saying we almost make that move and sometimes the other person on the opposite side is questioning like do they like me do they not and or are they gonna come back are they not and there was so many times with um, one guy in particular during this time where I was like, I almost made a move to like mm -hmm. do something and I didn't, but yeah, it's just really relatable and it takes me back to that time. But I love Red. I love Red so much, as you know. I do. <laughs> With Red. That was where Taylor lost me. Wait, I, I have a question though. Okay. Did you gain a new appreciation for Red after re-listening to it this week? Yes. Okay, that's all I needed. <laughs> Podcast I can over. say that I can say that across the board. I have gained it new perspective and more appreciation for albums I didn't necessarily connect to okay. in the past. Yeah. So if anything of this experiment, besides having a constant loop of Taylor Swift in my head, is that I will listen to different songs now as yes. a result. So I do like Red. I had it as underrated, but I feel like it's actually properly rated in the okay. zeitgeist, I think, or at least when I looked up stuff. Yeah. But I'm still. so excited to hear what you have to say about the later albums, because those are the ones that you're most unfamiliar with. But, yeah, I'm super excited to hear that. Okay, now we are moving on into the next chapter of Taylor's life, which is clearly her pop albums. Yes. And starting with her seminal pop album, 1989. Mm -hmm. Love. I mean, it's... 
I just really love the 80s vibe of this album, which is why she called it 1989, not just because she was born in 1989. This is a lot of people's favorite album. And when I talk to a lot of Taylor Swift fans, they are always huge fans of 1989. It's not my favorite, personally, I love it. I love everything she does. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great album. It definitely has a lot of jams on it. It's not my favorite, though. 1989 is her best pop album, hands down. It is from <laughs> beginning to end. She has her style. Like, she's figured out her sound. No we'll pun intended. No pun intended. No, we will get there. We'll get there. Yeah. But this is definitely, to me, I think one of her more cohesive pop albums. It's the reason why yeah. she won album of the year that year of the Grammys. It's a very good album. It's great. It's not my favorite, but I understand. It's very cohesive. Mm -hmm. Like it's throughout same style. And I think from what I've heard, she received a lot of criticism about Red not being super cohesive, which mm -hmm. it wasn't. Um, and so I feel like she really tried hard to appease her audience and making 1989 very cohesive which we all know that taylor swift is a self-proclaimed people pleaser yes <laughs> um so but we'll get into that a little bit later with miss americana yeah i think so i had mentioned earlier you know i had reached out on facebook and instagram to friends of mine asking you know, when it comes to Taylor Swift albums, like, when did you become a fan? Uh, yeah. What album was it? So I have the results. Okay. Which I think speaks into this album in particular. So of the 45 people who responded to me and shared their stories, the winner actually was Taylor Swift's first album with wow. 14, but in second place was 1989 with 13 people. Yeah. And it became a consistent thing that I saw from people was, yeah, I was a fan of her first album and Fearless. I fell off of Taylor Swift, but became a fan again with 1989 and never looked back. So where people were starting to lose her, Taylor got people back to mm -hmm. her with 1989. Yeah. And it's clear why. I think it's just a great album overall. And I will have to say of there were three people that became fans of Taylor Swift during Red, two mm. of those being men. And I have, <laughs> I have so many follow-up questions about that, but regardless. Men, we love you. <laughs> one for Speak Now, two for Reputation, zero for Lover, because if you're not a fan by now. Yeah, what like, are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> but Fearless did come at third with 12. So okay. um, Yeah, I mean, I think with that, speaking to people falling off and then coming back. I just think that people just weren't a fan of necessarily the singles. I'd be mm -hmm. curious to know if those people listened to the entire albums mm -hmm. through and through from Speak Now to Red to 1989. I would be curious. I would f follow it up with that question mm -hmm. um, and be curious to hear what they had to say about that. But no, 1989, a lot of people love this album, and mm -hmm. I, I love it as well. Um, I'm excited to get into it. Well, all right, I'm going to get my grievance out of the way. I do not think Welcome to New York is a great starter to this album, because oh. one, oh. this is the kitschiest 
surface level, basic New York song that it's just not appealing to me. So when I first started listening to this, I was just like groaning, oh no, here we go, welcome to New York. And I feel the same about another song later down the road in okay. Lover that she has that makes me, it oh, wow. evokes the same feelings that I have about Welcome to New York. I'm and scared. that <laughs> It is very surface level, the basic things why people come to New York. And oh. I, yeah. You can <laughs> infer from now there. Now I know what you're talking about. So for me, like that was just not a great opener, but... Oh my gosh, uh, in the original cut of 1989, can we talk about Clean being a great ender as well? Yeah. Very reminiscent of Begin Again, yes. and it works so well. I That's actually one of my underrated is Clean. Yeah. I think it is a great ender, and it has a great beat to it. Yeah. it. It works very well. I actually think Clean is very popular among Taylor Swift really? fans. I don't think it's popular to the general public, okay. which is probably why you think it's underrated. But I know a lot of like hardcore Taylor Swift fans that Clean is top three. Oh wow! Favorite songs of all time. See, this is why I have a Swiftie <laughs> on the show. I don't yes. know these things. Yes. So you're right on the money with the Swifties. There, you're gonna you're gonna keep. Yes, I'm, I'm gaining cred right now. Yeah, Clean is amazing. I think it's mm -hmm. so beautiful, and it again just caps the album off so well and it mm -hmm. just puts me in all the feels yeah i all right <laughs> shake it off i think okay. is a better song than uh we are never ever getting back together of the ones that first came out for okay. me i could tolerate shake it off better than i could interesting so that's not on my list but i figured i'd also put that out there okay like it, it was better counter programming to what i had before okay um Something that I think Taylor Swift does is she doesn't always put her, and I, in my personal opinion, she doesn't put her best songs out as singles, mm -hmm. at least pre-album. That's just my opinion, but Shake It Off, I was actually very disappointed when I first heard it. Mm -hmm. I was not impressed with it. I mm -hmm. thought it was cheesy. But I grew to love it eventually. Mm -hmm. I think it's so fun. I think it's a great wedding song. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in college, my floor did a Women in Music mashup, and mm -hmm. Taylor Swift was one of our people with that song, and it's just so it's just so fun. And we won. Nice, very <laughs> so, good. So I the power I, of Taylor Swift. The power of Taylor Swift. I think it's so so fun. It's not one of my favorite songs on the album or in general, but I think it's fun. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention, 2014, entering my senior year of college, and actually I wasn't listening too much of Taylor Swift during this time, but once I moved out to California, uh, the song Blank Space and Style was on quite a bit, mm. and I gotta say, they're two of my favorite. I have learned to love those songs yeah. a lot. I think Blank Space in particular, Taylor is owning up to the reputation that she has of like the guy, like how many relationships she's been right. in. It's just a great song too. It is. it is catchy as all get out, a great beat. I found myself like, all right, Taylor, you're starting to win me back over. And then also, the song style mm -hmm. 
was catchy as all get out. I listened to it the first time at a wedding and I was like, oh, I can get into this. This is pretty good. So of those singles that were really popular, like they actually are a couple of my favorites because they're just really good pop songs. They are with blank space. Starbucks lovers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song. I can barely listen to it now because it. of all how much it was overplayed mm -hmm. in 2014. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. The radio stations, at least in LA, beat the crap out of this uh, song. It was like every 10 minutes it was blank space. You turn and <laughs> Me, being a huge Taylor Swift fan, I'm like, you guys are freaking ruining this song for mm -hmm. me. Um, so when I was re-listening to 1989, I was like, oh God. Like after Welcome to New York, I was like, blank space, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I was like, oh yeah, like this is an amazing freaking song. Mm -hmm. Like it's so, so good. And the music video is epic. It is pretty epic. It's so good. Mm -hmm. um, so bravo Taylor with blank space. My favorite song of this album, which I think you'll be surprised by because it's underrated AF. Don't you love how AF is like a unit of measurement? Yes, like, it is. Like, love it. Um, is All You Had to Do Was Stay. Oh. Yeah, I love that song. Mm -hmm. And I again, I just think it speaks to just what I've been through in my life. Uh, and that's probably why I love it. I feel like that's how I base my favorite songs on mm -hmm. is just relatability and I just think it's a great song style um obviously it's just a given style is mm -hmm. such a great song mm -hmm. um and wildest dreams ah is so just beautiful it's not it's slow but it's not like a ballad it's mm -hmm. just such a unique sound you don't yeah. hear songs like that ever mm -hmm. and it's just so good I love wildest dreams the third spot on my favorites came from a song did not know existed, was really? not expecting. I really love this song and it's I Wish You Would. I put that on my underrated list. I Wish You Would is so it's good. It's so good. <laughs> Speaking to relationships, wishing you were here, wishing you would call back. And it just has like such an infectious like rhythm to it. And yeah. you're just, you get into it. I'm like, yes. oh, I love this. So I've actually listened to that quite a bit this week because I kept coming back to it. Yeah. Um, it's I was surprised jam. by it. Yeah. It's a car jam for sure. Like I love, I love that song. And I, and I was actually reminded about how much I love that song. I kind of dropped off my radar mm -hmm. and I'm so excited to hear you say that because I just think it's so underrated. Yeah. I also put on my underrated uh, This Love for like the ballad. I actually heard it as like a free iTunes thing given away before. And so when I heard it again, I was like, oh yeah, I do know this song. Mm -hmm. So it carried over some goodwill. And yeah. um, a song that I didn't know about, it was on the Deluxe album, which shout out again to Chelsea for bringing this to my radar. But New Romantics yeah. is a bop. It is a pop. It is a solid song. It's not something that I go to mm -hmm. super often, but again, just coming back to this album because I don't, I don't go to this album too often. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna lie, but it's so good. New mm -hmm. Romantics is a is a bop. Um, I'm really not surprised that you think that this is her 
best pop album just because of the 80s vibe i feel like that's really i mean your style it does speak to my spot my style no pun intended no pun intended but i did think i was a little disappointed she did not use enough sax in this album <sighs> if she was gonna do 80s oh, um but she does make up for it in one song in lover that didn't make my list but okay. i still appreciate a good sax okay details details <laughs> details details before we in 1989 i think it's important to note that the song bad blood when i started working at my current job oh. um bad blood was a music video a sound up that was used in a lot of our trending videos that would be made at ET and it was it got old yeah and especially with the message behind it and like it's her kind of carrying over this like catty persona little did we know we would get basically a full album of bad blood yeah and after this album Kim and Kanye released the videos of Taylor on a phone call with Kanye agreeing to have her mm -hmm. name used mm -hmm. in his song Famous, which mm -hmm. brought round two yeah. of their storied history. Right. And that was just a catalyst, I think, in in Taylor Swift's life, just in general. Like, take mm -hmm. being famous out of it. I just think that that was just, yeah, again, a huge catalyst. She, according to her, just listening to her in Miss Americana she just took herself out of the game for a while like mm -hmm. that really just rocked her world you could tell that that controversy shook her to her core mm -hmm. and um i really empathize with her um and i know that could be controversial a lot of people are like she lied and blah 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 and it's like okay but like i just empathize with her because we all make mistakes and we really, even though there was a video release, you really don't know all the, all the mm -hmm. details and everything. And I just, I just felt bad. Again, I think going into reputation, I think it's appropriate to talk about, I think Taylor Swift just has a heart of justice and, mm -hmm. and when she feels like she's wronged, like she's not afraid to speak up about it. And I definitely feel her in that. Mm -hmm. um, but we don't always do it right. And I can definitely, even though I am a huge fan, I can definitely recognize that she has not always done it right. From that, we get Reputation. Came out in 2017. Yes. This was the only thing work could talk about for like two weeks, mm -hmm. which meant I actively avoided it as much as I could. Yeah. Because just the concept of reputation was very hard for me to get behind because it basically was like a diss album. It was her lashing out on everything in which from an artist's perspective, yeah. I understand the need to do that and to put that into your work, into your art. Mm -hmm. But so much of that for me was like hard for me to get behind because mm -hmm. I haven't been in that state. I have not experienced what Taylor Swift has mm -hmm. experienced or like mm -hmm. felt the need to lash out for basically a full album, which the album itself, there were a few songs on there that I don't think belonged on the album. Okay. Yeah, I just think a few of these songs, like, didn't fit the overall narrative of what she was doing. Like, New Year's Day, for instance, a yeah. song that I really enjoy, right. and it's actually one of my favorites off the album. It struck me because I'm like, 
I just went through a rage album mm-hmm. and like this doesn't feel like it belongs here. At least those were the ones that I enjoyed. Uh, like Getaway Car, I didn't think felt or it did fit the reputation. Like if you're going all in to being like ready for it and I did something bad, don't blame me. Like mm-hmm. I feel like you got to commit to the whole thing. Yeah. But I do know this was a time where she was in a relationship and also in love, not sharing that with the world. So it's in there, but some of it I just didn't think needed to be in there. So I have to disagree with you. I don't think that Reputation is a rage album. I do think it could be, you know, I definitely think there are some angry songs on here. Like this is Alanis Morissette vibes right now. Exactly. But, um... This is her jagged little pill. 100%. I think, like, as I'm going through the track listing, I mean, I guess it's what your definition of a rage song is. Like, the only real rage... I don't know. I just... I I don't see it. I definitely see a tone of I'm angry and I'm badass type thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know... Maybe this is controversial, but I do think, like, she had a right to be, like, super angry because her entire reputation was ruined mm-hmm. by in, in five seconds. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think that this is a rage album. I think it could be branded that way. But, again, I think I'm looking through the second half of the album. It starts off, like, strong, like bang 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 like i'm a bad girl but it once we get to delicate and then so it goes gorgeous getaway car king martin none of these songs are like angry yeah which is why i was very confused okay. because with the expectation of reputation and knowing like kind of what it meant mm-hmm. to taylor mm-hmm. i was expecting songs throughout the board of don't blame me look what you made me do mm-hmm throughout yeah because there's been a lot of things she has a lot of things to get off of her chest right the second half of the album it just doesn't it doesn't make sense for me so it had me wait i thought i was getting something else and didn't you know right. no, like if you're going sure. all in go crazy well if we're comparing it okay so if we go back to 1989 when it was very cohesive Mm -hmm. and then we go to reputation which is less cohesive that's kind of her mo i look at red pre-1989 lacks cohesion uh 1989 super cohesive and then reputation where she's like i don't care what people think about me Mm -hmm. f the world type thing like i don't think that she is going to you know try to impress anyone with this album even Mm -hmm. though I mean, we all know, again, she's a people pleaser. So I think while she's come a long way with her people pleasing tendencies, I think she still has a long way to go. But I think that was also a message in the album of, yeah, like I was really trying to please people and now Mm -hmm. I'm not anymore. And here's Mm -hmm. what it is. Which I will say, like, I know we're going to get into the documentary later, but like it was pretty impactful and then I also felt a little, I was kind of a jerk when she was on the phone and she found out she didn't get nominated at all for Reputation. Right. I would, and she was like, I'll make a, I gotta make a better record. It's like, yeah, cause this wasn't a good record. 
Like, I, mean, I understand why you yeah. did it, but like, if you were yeah. going for the accolade, I don't think you would find it with this right. album. Right. And not to say accolades aren't the most important thing in the world. And I yeah. think her people pleasing, she's learning from it. I think she's a type three. Oh, 100%. If you don't know the Enneagram, just look it up, take the test, and look up the type three. It's Taylor Swift to a T. Mm -hmm. The documentary, I think, exposed that a lot of like, oh, yeah. Oh, she's definitely a three. So, yeah, all right, reputation. What, what are your favorites? Well, I mean, again, I just think it really spoke to what I was going through at the time. I was also angry. I was just not happy. Post college is just, mm -hmm. it's so hard. It is hard. It's so hard because especially me who went to a small Christian college and I was just around all my best friends 24-7 mm -hmm. living in community and then going thinking that I had a plan and moving away from what I grew up in and having to move back because... I didn't feel like it was the right move. That was so hard. And like yeah. having to move in back home and then, you know, all your friends, they don't live next door to you anymore. And I was having trouble finding a job. And then I got into a job, not my current job, <laughs> if my employer is listening. Um, and I just didn't really like it. And so I was kind of in this space at that time. I was just really angry. And I'm like, God, why? Did my plan not go as as I expected it to go? And I was also dealing with like extended family issues. And so this album just really spoke to Angry Jasmine at the time. But surprisingly, like the Angry songs are not my favorite. I do think it's a great record and I go back to it a lot. My favorite songs of the album are Endgame. I feel like it's one of the greatest collaborations of all time. I think it's so fun how it's she invited on Ed Sheeran mm -hmm. and Future, who are two completely different sounds, but it just works so well and it's fun. And I could jam to the car in the car to this. Um, it's something that I haven't gotten sick of yet. You definitely love bringing up this song in regards to Avengers Endgame. Yes. And I think that's the first time you ever heard Endgame. Uh, the Taylor Swift song, right? Yes. Yeah. I also love Call It What You Want. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, this song is so good. And it was released on my birthday, so I feel like it was meant to be. This is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs of all time. Really? I think it... I think it is in my top five. I love this song so much. And it just made me so happy because obviously I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. Uh, for her to find true love after she had been through a really dark time, actually she found true love when she was in the midst of a really dark time. And I just mm -hmm. thought that the message was just really beautiful. I love this song, I could listen to it all day. And Delicate, I love Delicate so freaking much. And I think, one, it reminds me of New York City, which I will, I love New York City, but mm -hmm. it also, I think because I listened to this song over and over again in, in 2017, um, it reminds me of a guy I was dating in 2017. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I think it's just because you relate to... The situations are different, mm -hmm. um, but I think you just relate to... Any, like, song you hear about a guy, you're going to match it to your own situation. Yeah. 
<laughs> at the time if it even matches a little bit and so I love Delicate not because it necessarily reminds me of that guy but it's just a great song the music video is a miss for me but I would also agree with that that it's a miss or, or the music video is a miss yeah it's a it's a huge miss for me <laughs> so okay I want to hear Endgame and Call It What You Want are two of my favorites of the oh, album. Oh, you didn't react when I was saying this. I know. I was keeping it together so much along with New Year's Day. Those are my top three. Okay. I think Call It What You Want is a great song that still fits, I guess, the theme of the album, like the right. sounds that she's using, and it's just like a good song. I was really impressed by that. And Endgame, of her bigger reputation songs, that song shouldn't work, and it does. It works it so really well. well, and like <laughs> I couldn't get over it, and especially hearing from where she and Ed Sheeran used to be to oh, where they were yeah. now, I was like, whoa, this is really powerful stuff. They're my OTP when it comes to music. Really? Honestly, for mm -hmm. real, for real. Yeah, I, I, I love this song a lot, and I remember when Taylor Swift released the the track listing on Instagram, mm -hmm. I was like, freaking Ed Sheeran on another. I was yeah. really like, Divide had just come out mm -hmm. and I was all about Divide. And so I was like, yes, we're bringing back Ed Sheeran. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so yeah. I also have Delicate on my underrated list. Okay. I actually do like this song. I like that better than Gorgeous, oh, but yeah. I did remember the Delicate video was just weird. So like, I never really like, listen to it. I just saw the visuals of it. I'm like, that that seems weird. But listening to the song, I actually really like it a lot. And then uh, Getaway Car, I think okay. is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, Giddy, Getaway Car is not one of my faves. I like it. It's about Calvin Harris. <laughs> oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. I think it's good. It's not it's just not one of my favorites on the album, but obviously I think Taylor Swift can almost do no wrong. So <laughs> yeah. Again, Reputation was one that I had a lot of bias against, so I was really surprised that I walked away with songs I actually enjoyed from the album. Right. So there you go, Taylor. You get a win for me with Reputation. I was so against what this album was about that I walked away with some songs that I actually enjoy. Yeah, I want to talk about, because I wrote in my honorable mentions, This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, which mm. is about Kanye. And how much that transition from innocent in in speak now oh, yeah. to to this to this is why we can't have nice things, which I don't think that this is why we can't have nice things is a rage song at all. Like it's definitely like a I don't really know how to describe it. Just like a I don't need you, your approval. Mm -hmm. Like I have all these other people in my life and you've been losing friends. So we know that you're crazy yeah. <laughs> type song. It's also weird placement in the album itself. If it's yeah. about Kanye, it's between dress and call it what you want, which are yeah. clearly like love songs, you know? So right. weird placement, but okay. Dress is also, it's an underrated song for me. I love dress. Mm -hmm. I did have it on my underrated list and I took it off because I listened oh. to it again and I was like, I don't know. Like some of the higher pitch stuff in the chorus, what I wasn't as yeah. on board with the second time, but initial listening, I think it's 
it's fine. Yeah, it's good. I, I mean, I like it. What do you think about her not doing press for this album at all? I think it made sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it frustrated my coworkers to say the <laughs> least, but I think for the message that she was selling, it worked. She didn't need to put any more out there. She wanted her music to just speak for itself. I hid from all of you. I owe you nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. Which, no, I'm gonna save that thought for the documentary. Never mind. Okay. That's how I feel. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Last but not least, we are here at Lover. Just came out last year in 2019. Reputation is but a dream at this point, and yeah. Taylor has embraced pastels again, and embracing, I would believe to be her, you know, not trying hard to people please, but celebrating the fact that she's in love. She is taking a stand for herself. This is her first album, not with Big Machine anymore, and that she owns the yes. Masters, which came with its <laughs> own brand of drama that, yeah, it made for an interesting album. I thought this was a little bit more cohesive than okay. Reputation. For an album, it worked well for where she was at and um, her state of life at 28, 29 years old. When this album came out, big do at work. I had no interest in mm -hmm. giving it the time of day, but I did hear the singles that came out and yeah. made my own judgments, which right. you were along for the ride at this I, point. I definitely was along for the ride yeah. <laughs> at this point. I think, yeah, I mean, just speaking to the singles off this album, I think, again, it was not her strongest work on Lover. Mm -hmm. um, I don't. I think she does not put out her best work in her singles, and that's okay. I always know, like we're gonna we're gonna get the real stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> when the album comes up. But her first single, Me, um, it's not one of my favorites. I don't think it's underrated because it's you know obviously everyone has heard it, but I just think it's so fun, and I love mm -hmm. Brendan Urie, and mm -hmm. I just. When I think of that song, it's not necessarily something that a 27-year-old necessarily vibes with. But I just think about, like, the little kids that I've seen, like, singing this song and how cute it is. And I, I appreciate Taylor for that. I, I think that she knows, and I even heard her talk a little bit about this in Miss Americana, that her audience is so diverse, even with age. And she's not just making music for people in their late 20s early 30s mm -hmm. like she's not concerned with making an album that's like i'm super mature and i'm mm -hmm. 30 years old now so i need to be making really mature albums she's like no like i want to make a song for the kids that they're gonna dance in at a wedding or mm -hmm. have their dance recital in. and i really love that and i think the music video is fun of the singles that she first released when it came out, when Lover was starting to come out, I did like this one more than the other ones that she released. Right. Don't think it's her best work. I also thought that this was a sign that Panic at the Disco was selling out, <laughs> which they totally are. I'm sorry, Brandon. I still love you, but I couldn't get over the music video. I couldn't get over like the sound. I was like, this isn't... This isn't the pop punk days of yore. Well, it's definitely not, um, what's that song called? I Write Sins on Tragedy? Yes! It's not that. Talk about a song! Uh, uh, High Hopes is pretty epic, too. 
Yes. So when Lover came out, I mean, it's pretty current. Lover came out in late summer 2019. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I'm pretty much in the same place that I was except for I I don't know I feel like I went through a catalyst in my life with healing um from past things and so it's funny because I felt like when this album came out not because of this album I want to make that clear (laughs) but it was it definitely was a switch for me around that same time of just like finding more joy in my life and Mm -hmm. really feeling like God had brought me through a lot of healing. And so I feel like this is a happier, spunkier album, especially than Reputation. Oh my gosh. And even 1989 or Red. And this song will forever remind me of my cruise. I went to Europe in August and that was the first time I had listened to the album all the way through Mm. and it was (laughs) life-changing to say the least but yeah I love this album so freaking much and I know you know that I do I I was honestly surprised by this album I walked away with a lot of songs I found myself listening to again and tapping my toe to um so, of my favorites on the album... I can't wait to hear. Okay. <laughs> okay, one of them is not a surprise. It's Soon You'll Get Better. No, I'm not surprised by that at all. And we listened to that together the first time you heard that, and you didn't seem impressed. I wasn't as impressed, but I listened <laughs> to it again, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Even though I do think the Dixie Chicks deserve more on the song. Like, yeah. if you're going to include them, especially, like, what... The Dixie Chicks have like meant in music and Americana. Like we could, Mm -hmm. you could give them a little bit more. But I do love Soon You'll Get Better. Yeah. The Man. Oh, just freaking epic. That is the popped up big F you to the patriarchy. Haven't had a song like this since If I Were a Boy by Beyonce, which I listened to that song on repeat when I was in high school. So this is the more upbeat, screw the patriarchy song that I do like. I think it's just really good, even though like I have issues with the whole Scooter Braun situation, but I can't help but like still really love this song. Oh my gosh, it's so great it's so great but in in a way like again when i talk about how i was going through a lot of healing or had come on the other side of healing when this album came out i had gone through hard stuff with with guys in the past and i feel like by the time this album came out like i had gone through a lot of healing and just have really developed some amazing just male friendships and mm-hmm. shout out to our community group we have some amazing guys we in really our, do in our community group and if if those guys are listening right now thank you we seriously you. we love you a lot it means a lot that you're listening yeah and so i feel like listening to the man i was like yeah like women we are beautiful and powerful and we should have equal rights and like we are looked down upon but also like I wasn't listening to this song being like screw men like yeah suck yeah which was really just awesome for me and so Mm -hmm. I love this song I feel like interestingly enough it's an anthem of healing for me Mm -hmm. so yeah we love we love the man we love the man yeah 
I have a third favorite song, but I remembered a critique I do have on the album. So like, okay. it's a positive and negative. I'll get to underrated because I definitely have some. Third favorite is actually Cornelia Street. Yes! <laughs> Cornelia Street is so good. So good. It is very good. So very good. good. Listening to it, where I felt with London Boy was so cheap, <laughs> which it is kind of cheap. <laughs> Cornelia Street, it had the heart that I was looking for with like a place and a relationship and a time in life. I now would be curious to find Cornelia Street, you know, and like go yeah. there, you know? So yeah, you did it for me, Taylor. I will Woo! say the one thing I do have issue with, I forgot that you existed. I don't think it's a great opener to the album. I think I'm not a fan of Cruel Summer, but I feel like Cruel Summer would have been a better opener to the album. <laughs> I think I just like blew Jasmine's mind right now, guys. You did blow my mind. Oh my God. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just thought that, like, I forgot that you existed. I felt that was, like, the carryover of reputation. I feel like it could have been placed in a different yeah. spot, but I'm not the biggest fan of Cruel Summer, but I think that hit the theme better of mm -hmm. what the album would hold. Yeah, that's... Oh, and Paper Rings. I have... Here's the deal. I have listened to Paper Rings so many times because I'm trying to figure out where I've heard the sound before because okay. it's not a Taylor sound. I was like, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah. This sounds like some alternative stuff that I would normally listen to, at least that music style. Yeah. I know that's not hers. I'm trying to place the song. I haven't been able to yet, but it has been bugging me. Interesting. I have been hearing people claim that she's been ripping off a similar song of Hilary Duff's from Paper Rings. Uh, okay. I mean, similar like lyrics, but not as much of the music. And I'm just like, where's the music from? So, okay. <laughs> do you want my underrated now, or do you want to like? Um, no, I'm gonna comment on Cornelius. Street. Okay. I think this. Oh, it's such a great freaking song. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely want to go to Cornelia Street. I saw actually Ashley I take a picture on, on Cornelia Street in mm -hmm. New York City. And I definitely, that's on my bucket list. I need to go. And mm -hmm. But it's so funny because this song is a street in New York, but it always reminds me of London. I heard this song for the first time or like really, I, it wasn't the first one, but really listened to it in London. Mm -hmm. My friend Christina and I were in an Uber and this album had just come out and our Uber driver was like, play whatever music you want. And of course, like we're going to freaking play the new Taylor Swift album. And we mm -hmm. listened to this song like as we were driving through the streets of London. And like this song is so sentimental to me because of that. And it was just such a great moment. But regardless of that, take that memory out. Like this is just an amazing song. Like... It's a good one. It's so good. I can listen to it over and over and over. That's one of my top. Um, my other tops are Cruel Summer. There it is. Oh my gosh. This song is so good. It also is the first song that both of us listened to yep. of 2020 and the, right. the decade, which I'm so proud that I made that happen. I wish it was a different <laughs> Cruel Summer is so good. I don't know how you don't love this song. It's just lyrically so great. The beat is so great. And both of those combined together, you have magic. And a lot of the Swifties 
collectively one of the favorite songs, if not the favorite song on the album. Gotcha. It's not my favorite. It's my number two. My favorite mm-hmm. is, I think you'll be surprised by this, it's Death by a Thousand Cuts. Oh, okay. Are you not surprised? I'm not surprised now that you've said it because I kind of like gauge, like as you say it, I look at my list if it's there or not, and yeah. it's not on my list. Oh but... my gosh. Okay, so Death by a Thousand Cuts is so good and i love the story behind it i don't know if you know it taylor wrote this song after watching that netflix movie gosh what is that movie called um with gina rodriguez it just came out is it called something else Oh, is that like the breakup movie? Yes. With all the Lizzo songs? Yes. Yeah, I think it was like someone else or something new. Yeah. I'm just going to look it up real quick. So she, obviously Taylor is known for breakup songs and she's been in a very long-term relationship with her current boyfriend and there's some breakup songs on this album and she wrote Death by a Thousand Cuts after she... Someone great. Someone great. That's what it is. She wrote this song after she saw that movie and it's funny because the person who wrote that movie the screenplay person what are they called the screen the screenwriter the screenwriter wow it's all good come on jasmine <laughs> it's been a long week the screenwriter based that movie off of or that script off of a song she heard off 1989. Whoa! So it's just like full circle. Isn't that incredible? That is insane. Yeah, that's not why it's my favorite song, but I love that story. Death by a Thousand Cuts reminds me of a boy. You know who it is, but I'm pretty sure you're not thinking of this person. I'll tell you after the oh podcast. My gosh. We don't need to air air things out. No, here, it's fine. But, um... Yeah, it definitely reminds me of that person. Ooh. Um, I'm sure, yeah. Anyway, I love Death by a Thousand Cuts so much. It's a song that I can listen to over and over again, but I want to hear about your underrated slash honorable mention. All right, so my underrated slash honorable mentions include Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Okay. I really found myself listening to that song over and over again. It just has a good beat to it, mm-hmm. and it's just different from some of her other stuff that she's got going on. Okay. Um, I didn't expect you to like that song at all, actually. Wow. So I'm actually really surprised by that. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, I did not like at first. It grew on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It grew on me. Second one would be... Which I found that this is kind of controversial. That's kind of a hit or miss. It's nice to have a friend. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I really like it too. And I mean, speaking to my indie love language, it's just so different from yeah. like everything else. And it's more in line of like what I like to listen to. So I think it's great. More people should like it. That's why it's underrated. <laughs> but yeah. you know. I guess, like, if you're on board with everything else that she's doing and this one's a miss for you, that's just a thing, I guess. It's a hit for me. I really enjoy It's Nice to Have a Friend, but I have noticed that not a lot of people do like it. Mm-hmm. But I, I really I really enjoy it. It's not something that I'll skip over. Mm-hmm. Is that it? No, I got one more, okay. um, and it's Daylight. Daylight's fun. Daylight's a good one. That's a good closer. And, yeah, I I think it's a it's a fun one ends it well that it's not like so slow or anything but yeah. it's it's daylight 
What do you You're think about day? <laughs> yeah, what do you think about the speaking part in daylight? Oh, that part it's fine. I guess it <laughs> reminds me like when I heard it for the first time, I thought it was one of the, like the voice memo like extra songs or whatever. Right. It was like, "Oh, it's still the song." Um, <laughs> just kidding. It's fine. I think it just reminds me of like stuff that Ed Sheeran's done in the past, so I wasn't okay. too phased by it, um, but I wasn't turned off by it, I guess. Okay. I mean, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so my under, more, not my underrated honorable mention, Lover. I mean, I love that song. I, think I actually do like Lover. I think it's so good. It's so mm -hmm. cute. And it's unique. You don't hear songs like that. And yeah, so I really appreciate the artistry of the song. I really love I Forgot That You Existed. I can understand why you would think that that's like not the best choice for album opener. I, mm -hmm. I respect that opinion. Mm -hmm. But when I was listening to this for the first time, I was like, the I Forgot You Existed song, oh my gosh, amazing. And then Hit Me With Cruel Summer and The Lover, The Man. And I was like, yes, this yeah. album is freaking epic. The Archer, yes, the, archers, same. the Archer's a miss for me. I think He Knows is kind of a miss for me as well. It picks back It's up. underrated for me. Okay. I love it. I love it. London Boy, you've already heard my thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, soon You'll Get Better, clearly, I love it. False God, that was fine. I enjoyed the sax in the song, okay. but it just missed it for me. False God is hard for me. I mean, I think we could agree. I don't like particularly enjoy songs that talk about worshiping people. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me. So it's not something I listen to often, but the beat is so good. It is a good beat. <laughs> but also, fun fact, there's a huge rumor out there that I forgot you existed. It's about Joe Jonas too. Ooh. But it was like something that she wrote a while ago and then mm -hmm put it on this album so that's a rumor i don't i cannot i can confirm. imagine it was meant for like another album and like she wrote it during a different era and then yeah. she's like oh i have this song let's just add it yeah. you know yeah, yeah yeah for sure i feel like that makes sense for you to mm -hmm. what you were saying but this album is great i listened to it all the time it was my top out listen to album of 2019 and it came out in the later half and so I mean, yeah, I mean, duh. <laughs> I wore Spotify statistics, that's for sure, coming up at the end of this year. Oh, I'm so, much so excited. So, we have gone through a long road with yes. Taylor Swift because there's so much to talk about. I think it's important that we do mention, like, where we were in life, where we were in our journey with Taylor as she, with these different albums and what her music means to inform like where we're at or where we come from when we do have issues with songs or like this album spoke to me when it didn't speak to other people. Mm -hmm. I think context matters. With that, we are now in a new decade. We're in 2020. Taylor Swift, she has seven albums under her belt. Yeah. She's got Grammys. Yeah. She has a Netflix documentary. She was in Cats. Let's not forget, she wrote a song. <laughs> And she was in Cats, which, beautiful ghost, not a bad song, not gonna lie. I've also seen Cats twice, so who's the real Taylor Swift fan? Yeah, I have not <laughs> seen Cats once. I yeah. just had to throw that in there. I think this documentary had to come out uh, earlier this year, 
Miss Americana. I think this was like the big veil was revealed as far as like where she was in life when 1989 Reputation and Lover was coming along. And right. I have my own issues with it, but I want to hear your thoughts on on this documentary. Like, what did you learn from Taylor? What do you respect about Taylor? Like, mm-hmm. what did this mean to you yeah. as a fan for so long? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, th- I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it just from the perspective of getting to see, you know, some just moments, ups and downs uh, for her life over the past year and getting that real just look into her life when she was gone for so long. We didn't know where she was <laughs> as fans and, and how she was doing. So I really appreciated her letting us in on that. Um, speaking of cohesion, I thought it was kind of all over the place. Yes. <laughs> so it was kind of hard for me to focus. I, I watched it twice. Um, I watched it when it came out and then I watched it this week um, in preparation for this. I enjoyed it. It's something that I'll definitely you know, watch again. Yeah, it was good. I I think it was, again, just great to see her thoughts through the years of this is what I was going through even before, like, self-titled came out, mm-hmm. and this is what I was going through after the Kanye drama, and this is mm-hmm. what I was going through when Taylor Swift is over party is mm-hmm. trending worldwide, and, mm-hmm. and it was, and it was really, really just cool to see um her let us in on things kind of how she came to be an advocate for just things that she believes in um politically i thought that was really cool and i feel like a lot of people had criticism with her transitioning into not speaking about politics at all being like Mm -hmm. people don't want to hear my opinion they just want to hear me sing to this huge advocate for what she believes in and she faced a lot of criticism with that and i saw even in the documentary how her dad was against her Mm -hmm. um speaking out which a lot of he faced a lot of criticism for that Mm -hmm. after that happened and i could totally understand where he was coming from and this might be controversial for me to say but taylor swift had just been through a huge depression (laughs) from like Mm -hmm. 2016 to 2018 and i can understand how he wouldn't want his daughter to face that worldwide criticism Mm -hmm. again but i am happy that she can speak out for what she believes in and feels comfortable enough to do that i don't know it was just a good overall just a good picture of her life and also her letting us in on her disordered eating habits um mm-hmm. i felt that that was really impactful for mm-hmm. sure with miss americana the the documentary itself i think was a good lens into who taylor is as a performer mm-hmm. i think because a lot of it is based around she's making this album she's breaking her silence on like political issues or just social issues you know and Mm -hmm. things that matter to her I think it was a huge step that like she was open about like her mom's health scares her eating disorder her need to just be a people pleaser and just like call it what it is Mm -hmm. there 
And I think, you know what, I totally respect her for like not showing much of her boyfriend Joe mm -hmm. through it because like she honestly doesn't owe us anything with that yeah. relationship. And that was the, when I first watched it, I was a little frustrated by that because it's like, this is a documentary. We're getting into your life, you mm -hmm. know, and that's what I want. She keeps him at bay, but his presence is known. And as I thought about it more, I was like, you know what? It's fine because that's her relationship. We, we are owed nothing into that, mm -hmm. into that space. But the biggest problem I have with the documentary is, yeah, it is not organized well, <laughs> much like a Taylor Swift album for some of them. Um, but I walked away with knowing Taylor Swift as a performer more, but not Taylor Swift as a person. Okay. And even in like the shots of her, like having dinner with her old friend, Abigail, you know, like I know who Abigail is because yeah. of 15. Right. She's super important. It's just not even a minute together on screen and mm -hmm. like they're having dinner, you know, I don't feel like I know Taylor Swift as a person. And so I wrestled with that and I found this quote from Ashton Kutcher. He was on Hot Ones. And this is the thing that I kept coming back to. He said this about actors and acting and, but I think this is really applicable to Taylor. There are actors who do very well by being very, very well known as to who he or she is or how they are in their daily lives. If I were to do it over again, I would have held who I am closer to the chest. Like Gary Oldman, uh, you tell me how he is in real life and I'll give you a dollar. Mm -hmm. Because like, you know the characters he plays, but you don't know who he is. Right. And so I kept coming back to that quote and thinking, I think that is very much something that like Taylor is showing a little too late, I guess, in this documentary is like she's holding her private life closer to the chest, even though so much of it has been out in the past before. Mm -hmm. And so I was ready to dive in deep mm -hmm. with her, but I still felt like I was still at surface level with her, I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. And I think, like I said earlier, I think she's come a f long way with her people-pleasing tendencies, but mm -hmm. I think a part of her, and, you know, I would say, I dare to say a part of her doesn't want to show everything, and I think that's a little obvious, but we don't know what was on the cutting room floor either, mm -hmm. and although I think she had a lot of say in this documentary, who knows, you know what I'm oh, saying? I think what we saw was curated by her, okay. and so with... I don't want to call her calculated anymore. Like there was an article that was shown in the documentary that I read when it came out, mm -hmm. which was about how Taylor Swift used this innocent, like save me persona, mm -hmm. like for years. And this was right after the videos mm -hmm. came out from Kim and Kanye and going through like how she's used like the victim card mm -hmm. in what she does. But then she, you see her like, being very catty with women and yeah. like with the stuff with Katy Perry. And so I went back and read that article again. I had new perspective on it of like, maybe this isn't totally 100% it. And I like take ownership of that. But I do think there are things we don't see. Yeah. Especially like in this documentary, I was expecting to see stuff about Scooter Braun. Mm-hmm. 
that was like go like she was changing labels during this time right. and we got none of that yeah and you know what i think i mean i think that there's a few things that goes along with that i think one <laughs> like this is a really you know strong bold thing to say but i think taylor's all of us mm-hmm. in the way of like we've all been in that position of being catty with women mm-hmm. <laughs> i can 100 percent say that i've been there and we've all you know played the victim card we've all screwed up mm-hmm. she's just on a public platform mm-hmm. and i think none of us have faced that criticism like she has and i think about me in my 20s like i well i'm still in my 20s but um just like emotional things up and down i cannot imagine being on an international stage yeah (laughs) uh, with all the things that i've been through and you know she came on the scene when she was what i'm 15 15, 16 16 yeah like i cannot imagine i don't know I could, you know, agree with you, and I think that, you know, probably a lot of it was calculated, and this is what I want to show, um, but also, I mean, Homegirl has trauma with what she's been through. She has. We have been talking for a very long time, because there is a lot of Taylor Swift. I just want to thank you Mm -hmm. for... Being such a fan of hers and an advocate for her and even convincing me to do this. <laughs> it was your idea. Well, okay, the <laughs> podcast part was my idea, but, you know, like, me giving Pop Taylor right. kind of the time of day yeah. is not something that is high on my list right. ever. Right. But I gotta say, this was a journey to go back through. (laughs) It was a journey that I remembered a lot of the good times I had with Taylor. Mm -hmm. I remembered, oh, this is when I fell off of Taylor. And I can kind of hear why. Here's where she was winning me back. And just like that push and pull with her. And I gotta say, at the end of this, I have more respect for her than I did prior to this week. If she's going to continue to evolve and make music. And honestly, Taylor, my biggest thing about you was you should always be a songwriter. You're fantastic at it. I think your storytelling is in a league of its own. Yes. And I want to see more of that. You can be done with your music career tomorrow. Please keep writing songs because the world needs to hear them. Like, I think she will have a long career based on that alone. She's going to keep making more stuff. Oh, yeah. And there will be people to listen, you know. I will be first in line. (laughs) Jasmine, thank you so much for being on here. Where can people find you? Don't come find me on social media. If you really want to find me, you could just search me on Meredith's. But I'm not going to plug my social media. Fine. I will Um, not include it in the description. But I will ask you, now that we've done this, are you going to follow Taylor Swift on Instagram? Oh my gosh. (laughs) She's getting out her phone. I see her opening Instagram. She's searching Taylor Swift. Oh my gosh, guys. She just followed Taylor Swift on Instagram. I knew you were going to this 
option. I could die happy now. <laughs> Congratulations, Taylor. You have a new Instagram follower. <laughs> and as always, I'm Meredith Loftus. Thanks for listening. You can find me at Meredith Loftus on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much for joining in for this ride of Taylor Swift. And I hope you have a fan fantastic day. Take care guys.